Hinu Kakiem. My name is Tara Gatewood from Shirwhip Dui, and I'm here to be your host and guide through the Grounded in Clay podcast. Grounded in Clay, the Spirit of Pueblo Pottery is a groundbreaking exhibition curated by the Native American communities it represents. The project gives authority and voice to the Pueblo Pottery Collective, a group of over 60 individual members, including myself, from the 22 tribal communities who selected and wrote about their relationship to pottery, utilizing two significant Pueblo Pottery collections as a jumping-off point, the Indian Arts Research Center for the School of Advanced Research in Santa Fe and the Vilcek Foundation of New York. Today, I'm pleased to share a conversation that was conducted at the Indian Arts Research Center between Rose B. Simpson and storyteller and filmmaker Adam Shaning Pocrasso with accompanying pottery that they selected for the exhibition. Her art, although grounded in ancestral process and techniques, is found at the intersection of traditional and contemporary. Rose B. Simpson is from Santa Clara, Pueblo. She is an artist, public speaker, and mom. Uh, my name is Rose B. Simpson. I'm from Santa Clara, Pueblo. And I'm an artist and a mom. And uh, I like cars. And I work in clay and lots of mixed media. I make sculptures. And um, I... Cho chose this piece um, because it really uh, hit me in the gut and that it uh, represented an experience that I'm very familiar with. And I was hoping that we can, it can be a catalyst to honor, you know, um, that experience in all of us and, and we can begin to sort of crack open some of these conversations when we begin to uh, allow these feelings and this expression in the bigger world. I lost somebody close to me recently um, at the Pueblo. We've had a lot of losses, or I've had a lot of losses this year. And I think about, um, you know, the person that passed, went home, it's my age, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, we're all it, we're it. You know, this is it. And when, when something uh, sort of ends, what, what do you do with that? You know, and what, what happened, what do you do with the responsibility of holding that? And there's, you know, there's only so many of us, and there's definitely those who are... Um, carrying heavier loads than others by way of cultural knowledge and responsibility. Um, but we all, those of us who um, are active participants in our communities, you know, whether we want to or not, you know, <laughs> because we're, you know, raised a part of it or whatever, that we have this information, we have this knowledge that... Um, you know, it's it's a weight. It's a really heavy weight, and it's it's um, 
it's beautiful. It's brilliant. It's it's this the flavor, the taste, the smells that no one else on the planet could understand. You know, um, and yet, does that change? Does that end? You know, and how do we persist or or understand what it is that that flavor is, and how does it? Do we do we let it transform? Do we let it die? Do we let it? Do we do we scream and kick and fight to keep it alive? Um, and you know, I've always been. We gotta keep our people alive in order to learn our traditions. You can't. You know, we can't be passing on the language if we're not there. And so, what does what does healthy look like? What is alive? What is living? What is real experience and and an active and and life, an active life full of agency and clarity and health and direction and humility and hard work and rest. What does that look like? And I and I really I feel like I chose this pot because my life work has been about honoring that story and not just the pretty parts and not the not the um you know the the ones that are you know exploitable easily digestible palatable truth that people really want from our story um and there's the genocide there's the deep heartbreak there's the denial of it, the work, the hard work to try and live through that pain. There's the, all the layers of that. All the ways that we, um, we uh, work to survive, right? And what does that look like? And there's so many ways that, that uh, manifests. Um, and I, I've been trying to find compassion for my, my journey through it and with it and into it and around it. <laughs> and um, this piece um, really, really hit me where, where, where it feels, <laughs> right? It hit me in the feels because um, it's so aesthetically the exact flavor of what I know to be my home. And the way that it's chipped, the way that it's, uh, you know, been through a lot. <laughs> it feels like uh, an honest representation of this experience. And I love that I came in here and the first thing I did was look inside and the way the light is hitting this pot, when I turned it, it wasn't the same. So it was exactly where it was put and everything happens for a reason. That light was coming through that hole and illuminating the inside. And for me, I feel like that's been the journey is to find out we are this vessel. We are all this vessel. This is a representation of our, of our being. And how do we illuminate what's within and find, you know, light in those spaces where we're held, where we're safe, where this thing still holds us. And, uh, yeah, I want to get really small and crawl in there <laughs> and curl up on the 
curl up in, in the foot, you know, and have that strong shoulder be, uh, you know, the ceiling. I feel like uh, Santa Clara pots um, traditionally have a very strong shoulder. <laughs> and I think that's, um, you know, represented here. And I feel like it's, um, our aesthetic is heuristic, right? So our aesthetic's very based on place. And so, you know, I look around this room at all the different pots and they're made in different places with the clay that's there and the clay that's in Akuma is different than the clay that's in Santa Clara and that's going to change how those pots look. And so, you know, the way the wind blows, the way the light shines in the fall, the way, you know, um, we've interacted with our worlds and have for lifetimes that deep genetic memory of place that, um, that builds aesthetic. And this is that, right? This is, this is uh, generations and generations of an aesthetic built in place and in relationship to an experience, right? Um, and uh, I believe that, that we're given that genetic information <laughs> and that we have to um, navigate that, you know, the beauty and the pain in it. Not to romanticize or dramatize it, <laughs> but it is, you know, there is like, there's like, um, cause I, I worry about the exotification of, of the victory. And that to me, this, that's not what I'm trying to do. I want to be clear about that, right? I'm not exotifying that victimry or playing that role. It's about uh, this deep self-love. And in the awareness of that, that trauma that we wear uh, and, and the, the wearing of that journey on our skin and in our souls and in our hands and, and that, um, that we accept it and there's a deep, so, uh, there's a deep love for that journey because whether we like it or not, you know, that's what makes us who we are. And that's a really um, special thing. Wow. It's like mic drop right now. A boom. That's good. So deep and, you know, honest and real. And I think that's really, you know, the we've been doing this for a few days so it's sort of like you know everyone approaches these different vessels differently and mm. and, and is becomes a sort of voice that sort of tells different stories which has been so interesting and no one's hearing each other so we're not but, influenced but there's so much interesting stuff and and you know what i'm really receiving through this piece and through your your share is just like like the realness and the and the you know the honesty that comes through and, and the resilience, right? Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate that. I, I love this. You know, I have a, I've had a photo of this piece on my refrigerator <laughs> for I guess a year now, you know? And I, I feel like I've, I've developed a deep relationship with this piece and I have a, a, a dear love for it, you know? 
even if the family who made it was not mine and we don't get along. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, I'm trying to release all that. There's, you know, so much story. And, mm, I wonder if I asked the pot who made it, it would tell me. It's a secret. <laughs> it told me, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> so over the year that you've been looking at this piece on your refrigerator, the image of it, how's that influenced your work? Hmm. I think uh, my building a relationship to this piece, you know, um, I think our world is a reflection of what we're doing inside, right? And I chose this piece and I was connected to it because I needed that reflection. I needed that um, validation in my own process. And so I feel like here we are, and these pieces of all these pots got chosen for this. And now they're out to speak. And now they're out to um, you know, communicate for us. And we all now, just as I have access privilege to be here, this pot also has the responsibility to speak. And uh, I really want to get um, more diverse and honest voices into those places of privilege. And, and I think that, you know, that's everyone's role right now is to, is to, is to bring in the voices that, that are breaking, the voices that have seen things, because that's where we learn. That's where we learn the most. And when we're reflected, when we get the reflection that that uh, experience within ourselves has the right to speak, it builds that neural pathway or that muscle of voice for that, that chipped voice, right? And so, you know, it reminds me in my work and I go out into the world and do what I do that, that this is who I'm speaking for. This is what needs to speak. This is what needs to be heard. This, as I have access into these places and these platforms where people are listening to me, what part of me am I conjuring, you know? And it isn't to perpetuate stereotypes or to satisfy some exotification need in the audience. It's about how do we find that deep part of our humanity that talks about um, some of those hard things because that's how we need to grow and heal is going to those places that are kind of uncomfortable. And um, yeah, I have to, you know, I have to give thanks that I have that access and that it was me who walked in here and pulled this out and said, hey, we're going to do this together, you and me. Right, and one more, <laughs> us three, you know, this is the beauty, this is the realness, this is my relationship, this is us together. Um, and together, you know, we can enter into spaces and speak uh, the stories that need to be told. That's how it's affected my work <laughs> and my life. <laughs> I was uh, I was giving a lecture. I was giving a lecture yesterday, um, 
And uh, it was an interesting one because it was on um, the environmental impact of art making. And so it was for U University of Delaware or something like that. But I showed an ancestral pot to La Rosa vessel. And, I, and I, I just said, and this, you know, this ancestral relationship to the aesthetic, um, the innovative and aesthetic uh, spiritual relationship <laughs> to this, you know, um, is not necessarily what we're seeing promoted and, and um, nurtured within our arts community, our current contemporary arts community, and this is what I'm looking at. So I'm looking at these older vessels to look at, you know, how it represents, because we look at art throughout the ages because it represents what the belief systems were for those, those social cultures. And so, you know, I, I, put, I put this photo and I was like, this pot is interdimensional. This pot is navigating so many layers of existence from within, from without, the reflection, this pot is a mirror of the world, but on a supernatural level, it's explaining, it has a story on it that is, that is um, timeless. It, it represents the past, it represents the future, it represents um, those layers of, of consciousness and being that we don't, you know, that we don't get slapped with <laughs> in the face every morning. And it's so, it's so, uh, you know, multifaceted and all the dimensions and layers in it that that it it's 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 awe inspiring, and I think that we have limited our lives to a very simple existence or a very simple dimension, and by revisiting a very specific, you know, ancestral aesthetic, that we can be reminded of how to uh, reconnect and uh, re-engage with with something bigger and something that, that is, um, you know, it flips through dimensions, which I really love. It's a whole journey in and of itself, isn't it? Right! <laughs> and then I said it, and then this lady was like, what did you mean by that? And I was like, well, what did I mean by that? <laughs> it was pretty cool. So I, was, I, I learned from that in a sense because I was, oh yeah, that's what it is for me too, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think that's what, what draws me to, to these, these works and especially this work is that, that, that moment, that tenuous moment where you're on the edge of a new dimension and you could just whoop, go there. It's pretty dope. <laughs> so I'd like to like uh, reflect on um, a little bit of your, your trajectory too, you know, as a maker, as someone who's giving voice to your community and giving voice through your work, um, you know, no pressure, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a lot of pressure in your, your career at the moment and stuff, so. But just sort of like, you know, I guess a question or an invitation is, is sort of like, what do you feel is the important values of doing, of creating pottery, of expressing your community, of expressing yourself at this time? Uh, 
I, uh, I think I'm having um, lots of different conversations simultaneously. And that um, depending on who I'm talking to, that has to adjust because, um, you know, not everyone speaks the same language or has the same uh, history or background to understand what we're talking about. Um, and so, you know, I feel like, you know, the work that if I'm to build conversation directly with my community, it's going to look different than what I might send out into the world um, for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that I don't feel like some of that cultural knowledge is anybody's business. Um, and so my work tends to be very contemporary in order to um, sort of filter filter the information down until it's very much uh, a raw human experience that's, uh, that's um, you know, in intuitive and also accessible to all. Um, I think the more information I include with my work, even if it's aesthetic, the more exclusive it becomes and inaccessible for other people to access that, right? Um, so when I'm building conversation with... Um, others as in like people that aren't that haven't walked the same path as I have in my life I'm going to adjust that a little bit to um, allow them to see themselves in it without it being exotified intentionally exotified um, and when I'm you know what I would say my work is for my community is very much like utilitarian it's it's when my work can be used Right, so my my creative um, abilities are for like sewing traditional regalia, or if it's for, um, you know, building or helping to make pots or whatever that's more useful, um, or even I have a 1985 Chevy El Camino that I painted black on black, and that is medicine for our people, and I don't think anyone understands it the way that, you know, our valley will understand that car and the kind of um, validation that it's intended to be for our people. Um, and so, you know, there's, I have different voices I think I speak from, and I have the, I have the privilege of access into all these different spaces, you know, to, to be able to have those different conversations, you know. Um, and I always want to be clear that the voice that I'm putting out there in the world is very much my own. I don't I don't speak for everyone in my in my pueblo. Um, because we have different experiences, even though we come from the same place. Uh, I can't speak for everyone, and I won't. You know, um, that's not my role. Um, but I do want to be a part of my place and to continue to um, be home. And so, in order to do that. I always have to consider that. I can't ever forget where I come from and how my actions affect everyone. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of thought. There's a lot of. Um, I wonder who I would be if I would have if I would let myself just go nuts. <laughs> you know, but if I'm not always wait a minute, you know. <laughs> um, I might get scolded, <laughs> but I think that um, 
I think that there's not enough people in this world scolding each other for being little brats running around crazy. I like I'm making a I'm making a large installation at Plymouth Rock in Massachusetts. And it basically is a bunch of mamas saying, hey, sit down, behave, look around. You know, we're watching you and you better watch how you act. <laughs> and that, uh, that applies to all of us, you know? And uh, I think that's important. Because when we take a moment and we go, hey, you know, should I do this, should I not? How does that affect everyone around me? Am I hurting people? Like, how do I give thanks or how do I... Uh, honor and respect my world because I believe that comes back around to me, you know. Um, and I'm always <laughs> I'm always messing up, but you know, I think all my work is kind of that. Hey, listen, you know. Hey, you know. Take a moment and take it seriously, you know. Think about it a little deeper. And I think. Uh, uh, being from Santa Clara, I'm a professional at scolding. <laughs> I was taught by the best. <laughs> so, you know, just got to keep it up. <laughs> it's like that. It's kind of... It's kind of scary, a little bit serious, a little sharp edges. It's strong. It's powerful. It's, it's no... It's no bullshit. <laughs> oh, sorry for saying that. <laughs> so I got, is that a, That's great. answer your question? <laughs> Grounded in clay, the spirit of Pueblo pottery. By the Pueblo Pottery Collective, Alicia Poon and Rick Kinsel. Audiobook read by the Pueblo Pottery Collective and other contributors. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and invite you to learn more about the Grounded in Clay project by visiting our website, groundedinclay.org. This presentation was brought to you by the School for Advanced Research and the Vilchik Foundation, with major funding provided by Margaret A. Cargill Philanthropies and the Luce Foundation. Thank you for listening.